Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome <laughs> to Podcast Like It's 1999. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phil Isco. And this is the podcast where we talk about the movies of 1999 from our purchase here in 2017. Um, today, we have chosen <clears throat> um, a movie that was on my extended top 10 list. It was. A movie. Which still is kind of that baffling in to me. 1999. It did come out in 1999. I yeah. saw in the theaters. As did I. I left the theater. Uh-huh. I went to the ticket counter. You did. Bought another ticket. Oh, my God. And went back in and watched it Woo! again. Kenny Nyberg. This is a movie. Losing points that by the holds, seconds. This is a movie. I'm going to, I'm going to defend myself that holds a 92% fresh rating Which on Rotten Tomatoes. Equally insane. This is a movie directed by a very successful director, Doug Lyman, in, in I believe his second It is a second movie. movie. Yeah. His first movie was obviously Swingers. Yeah. It's written by a very successful writer in John August. He's extremely relevant and he, uh, he also... Well, he is because he, he is. has a podcast. And he's, also a, like, he's also like one of the most important guys at the, at the Writers Guild. Yes, sorry. Um, he's just relevance, just a, an interesting he's choice the, of words. He, well, he's very relevant in the community. Yeah, he's no, also I, obviously I, a very relevant I totally screenwriter. But I understand why he, you he, use the word. I'm just pretty I, big. I, guy, the guy's got to cast a pretty big shadow. He does. He and does. Um, he's he's written some very big movies. And it's a movie that couldn't almost as much as any movie this year couldn't be more time capsule of 1999. And I mean that in terms of yeah, yeah. culturally, sure, but maybe more important, yeah. storytelling. There is something yes, about yes, this yes. movie mm-hmm. that I think I know what that word so is. So well in 1999 yeah. and plays so poorly now. Yeah. Um, that I'm very excited to talk about. The movie of course as you saw when you clicked on this podcast <laughs> is Go. All right, so before we get into the 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 plot of Go, uh, we're going to do I just want to kind of for people who haven't seen Go, just a little bit of a, you know, this is what the movie's about mm-hmm. so that you're not confused as uh, as we talk about how uh, beautiful 
this movie is in terms of its mechanics. Uh, told from three perspectives, uh, Go is the story of a bunch of young Californians trying to get some cash, do and deal some drugs, score money and have sex in Vegas and generally experience the rush of life. I think that's kind of what this movie is about. That's a good context. Right? That People, feels like it's kind of that's Those who right? haven't seen it definitely will get it now. I so, feel like you're mocking like, me right well, now. You know, go. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say, right? It's a bunch no. of Californians that are that are trying to fuck and do drugs. Yeah. I mean, is that not? Is there more to it? The movie no. Than that? I go, mean, go is a rave movie, uh, right? Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's basically it's basically a, a 1999 attempt to be a rave movie. It's like Pulp Fiction for beginners. Sure, and um, then it, people say go a lot, seven times at least. They say go definitely more than seven go times in this movie. Seven hundred times. I mean, seven hundred times is closer. Yeah, go is an exercise in seeing how many times <laughs> how you many can say the name of the movie in the movie. Right, right. Um, um, so well, that's what the, that's in. kind of what it's about. Yeah. Uh, so let's dive in. The movie came out in uh, 1999, as we mentioned, April 9th, 1999. Uh, the same weekend as Never Been Kissed, which lapped it pretty significantly at <laughs> mm-hmm. the box office. Uh, go uh, cost, if I'm not mistaken, it cost... $20 million to make, and it made $28 million. I put it all on the screen. <laughs> all, all on the screen. Uh, it's an interesting movie. Rewatching it, I had not watched it in, a, in many years. I liked the film. I saw it in the theater as well. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. I bought it on DVD when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. I think that the reason... I mean, it, it is, it's pretty clearly a Tarantino kind of ripoff. I mean, it's definitely got some Pulp Fiction in it in terms of the fractured narrative and the three chapters that sort of fold in on themselves. I think it's the most blatant Pulp Fiction ripoff <laughs> okay, I'm glad that's that ever. I'm, no, I'm not kidding. No, that's yeah. ever been put on film. I, yeah, I don't mean that as a criticism. In, in I, well, I don't I, mean it. I, as, I do. <laughs> I, well, I don't mean it. I don't mean that as a criticism in and of itself because. Okay. You, because you can maybe do, that was unfair of me. You okay. can do that. You can no, no. I mean, if it is a criticism, it is. Like, if mm-hmm. it doesn't work, you can do that, and it can be successful. And there have been a lot of other films that have done the fractured narrative and had mm-hmm. dialogue that doesn't really affect the action of the. It's just. The I, I think that the, the, there was two things about. There's one scene that glaringly felt this way to me mm-hmm. in the rewatch, which is the Katie Holmes Timothy Oliphant scene at the diner at the end, slash the first scene of the movie, slash the first scene of the movie, which and also like the diner in Pulp Fiction. So like, there's just things that just maybe go like, Ugh. but also just them talking about family circus for no good reason, and just stuff. Yeah. Just like there's like this. It's an attempt at trying to sound to you know sound like Tarantino. Well, let's. All right, so I think you just hit on my. Biggest issue with the movie, and I've before I've before two. you say that, just let me just yeah quickly me. say that uh, so the movie opens with Katie Holmes sitting in front of someone we don't know who it is, mm-hmm. okay, and then it is revealed later in the movie to be Timothy Oliphant and two characters who, quite frankly, we're not really that invested in. Like we are, I agree with that. But so the reveal means is nothing. nothing. <laughs> it's meaningless. Well, anyway, continue. No, no, but you you you're, you're furthering the point I was about to make. You used the term. No good reason. <laughs> and so much that happens in this movie happens for no good reason. And, yeah. and I guess that's what I'm trying to get at when I say this lives in a in, – in, this is only could have lived in this particular moment Absolutely. where people learn the wrong lessons from Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. um, and, and applied them in very weird ways that I don't think really worked. And uh, specifically mm-hmm. – there, I mean, there, there are there are half a dozen at least conversations that probably went on three or four minutes, four or five pages. I'm going to defend the structure real quick here 
there's only, I only have one bullet in my gun, but I do think that this is an interesting notion, and mm-hmm. I and it's why I feel like so basically John August uh, intended for Go to be a short film. Um, the original screenplay was made up of just the Rana storyline, mm-hmm. aka the best storyline, aka should have been the whole movie, right? So there's a part of me that feels like so he writes this short script. Again, I'm speculating here. I don't know John August. I think, I think I think this is what happened. I think you're, right? you're describing. He what writes happened. this script. It gets some traction. People like it. Whatever. And he says, "Well, I've got one chapter. So why don't I write two other chapters rather than extrapolating off of arguably the best character in the movie mm-hmm. with the most interesting story, and thus you have this sort of these two sort of weird vestiges that are attached to." The better movie, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and I think that that's why I don't, I guess what I'm trying to say here is I don't think that John August sat down to write a screenplay that was going to have a fractured narrative. I think he wrote a screenplay that he liked, which happened to be a short film, and then wrote two other short films and pasted them together. That's, that's true, but the, or that may be true, but the, yeah, the, I, don't, the end, I don't know. The end result was a fractured narrative. Yes. And what I would have done. Yes. Is turned the Rana story into into, a, into a ninety minute movie, yep. and if you want to make Zach and Adam their own characters, weave them in normally, yep. 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 Um, a little more naturally, and I wouldn't have gone to Vegas. Oh, um, not and, I, and, and not. <sighs> we'll get to the Vegas thing, but my God, I just <laughs> just anyway. It's, but what, what's going to be frustrating when we talk about this movie, mm-hmm. for me at least, is that the first thirty five minutes are great. They yeah. actually are great. Yeah. Um, there, there are some mistakes made in the first 35 minutes, but they're mistakes I can live with. Mm-hmm. And every scene Sarah Polly's in, not because she's so great, I'm not saying she's not, but not because she's so great, are compelling. And because that's because her she has, character is written. And well. she has stakes. Yeah. And she has a goal. Yeah. And she has an interesting, yeah. she has interesting story yeah. moves. Yeah. Two of them. Yeah. Um, her character learns something. There's tension in those scenes? Like, None of the other characters learn anything. There's no, there's really very little arc to a lot of these characters. She learns something. Well, there's no arc, and that's, and that's why. Like, I guess that's why this is so frustrating because the first thirty-five minutes. I, I I mean, I I hesitate to use the word like like. I I don't want to give it too high praise, but the first thirty-five minutes are very good. Very like very very good. I really really enjoy the first thirty-five minutes. In my head, that's the movie. I love to. I happen to love Timothy Olyphant in it. I do too. I do. I think he's great. I think the casting is actually pretty on point for the most part. Certainly, the first for for, for those early characters were, and I have no problem with Scott Wolf and Jay Moore either, or William Fickner and Jane Krakowski, or Tay Diggs, or Tay Diggs. Um, Everybody else. That's the end of it. But. That's the list. But that's a lot. That's, that's, a, that's lot. a lot. That's a I lot. Mean, but it's, and Melissa McCarthy, who nails her her scene. She actually does. She does. She does. She's so cute. She's that fucking great. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. <laughs> like I, so this is what. So I'll just just yeah. a little 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 pull back the curtain before mm-hmm. we went on. I did say I didn't know what the take my take would be on this movie because like in some I respects, have a take too. In okay. some respects, like I, I was brutally disappointed. But uh-huh. talking to you about it, yeah. I like it more than I. Yeah. thought I did. I like it when I think of the fact that the movie <laughs> so I wrote this I wrote this down as I was watching it again. Um this movie thinks it's a lot cooler than it is, but I also think that's the point. I think this whole movie mm. is about posers. Like I think it's people trying to seem cool. Um 
That's such an interesting take. Um, because you should, should go more into that because I never even considered that. Like I think that's again, I'm giving this movie maybe more credit than it deserves. I don't know, but it feels like a movie about a bunch of people trying to be cool, and thus it's like this weird meta thing of a movie that thinks it's cool, but it's like so there could be something there. I don't know. But that is a take that I that makes me like this film more. I'm not going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Except I'm about to put you on the spot. Sure. Okay. If you can prove that to me, if I can prove it to if you, if you can prove that to me, I don't mean prove it, but if you can, if you can, <laughs> if you can, if you can really flesh out that argument, yes, it'll be interesting. We, a, we'll, we'll, here's a, I talk about it a little more. As a, as a total um, tangent, yes, a movie I really didn't like upon first viewing was mm-hmm. um, American Hustle. I really don't like American Hustle still. I really – all right. So I really don't like – I really didn't like American Hustle when I watched it. Mm-hmm. My wife, Laura, really loved American Hustle. Yeah. And as we're in the car, I'm, I'm just thinking I, – I thought the movie was total garbage. And she made the point that was the, that was the idea. She made the point that this was, this was David O. Russell's yeah. comment on that kind of movie, on the on – the, which might be, I mean, that might very well be true. Yeah, the, the, it, the, it's like a Martin Scorsese, it's a Brian De Palma. It, it's, it's this, it's this, mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's this celebration yeah. of excess and celebration of drug culture, and it really like every character in American Hustle like really seems like a total caricature, and it when viewed through that lens, yeah. it actually and it. Similarly to this, it's a bunch of people putting on a fucking con. Exactly. So, sure, so that's sure, what sure. I'm challenging you, challenging you to to make because I, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily see that, but it's an interesting idea. I mean, I see it insofar as that every character is proven to be a fraud by the end of the movie, and I say that in the sense that I mean, to me, the elephant is proven to be like he's a nice guy, but he was. A, we were scared that he might shoot her at the beginning of the movie. It felt like the teeth were taken out of him. It, I. I Sure. My point here is, and we'll continue talking about this, and maybe my argument will get stronger or weaker as we continue to talk about it. But it's the one thing that made me, because as I was, as it started, I was like, man, this movie's just trying too hard. And then I was like, oh, all these characters are trying too hard. Like, it's, Sarah Pauly's character right out of the gate is trying so hard to be this badass, but she's kind of not really. So it's, you know, there's something to it. Hey, you're, you're really, Lifting this movie up, up, up from the from the dregs where I thought that we were gonna we, we were gonna be fighting it out. I, I, so anyway, I don't really want to argue against your your, yeah, your take. Well, let's, we'll I don't want to argue. I don't want to argue against it because it's a good take and it and, and it and it makes the the movie worthwhile. Um, I, I well, and, okay. and I also think that I also think that art is. Yeah. Not necessarily what the artist intends it to be. Yeah. It's what the it's what the audience or the takes away from it. I mean, yeah. intent is intent, but you know, if you go to see a movie that's supposed to be a comedy and it makes you cry, does that mean that the movie was unsuccessful? We're not going to have a theological or a theoretical argument about we, like we, all this stuff. Well, but, we could we could wind up getting into some places we, we don't want to go. Let's just talk about the movie for a second here. So you mentioned you know this was his first movie after Swingers, and there is a Swingers vibe to this, and insofar as lots of handheld camera work, mm-hmm. lots of Super sixteen photography, it definitely just that credit sequence alone definitely had like it's not swing dancing it's ecstasy and it's, it's rave a rave culture so he's definitely sort of like tapping into a culture that was huge in that moment and subsequently huge is absurd huge, now. but also totally but huge but also similar to the swing kind movie. of the swing sw- that was a weird time for america <laughs> 
Because um, that, that didn't make any sense. Swinging didn't make any sense. Sw- swinging was 15 steps backwards. Raves were th- a, a half step or a step forward. And, and, sure. And the, the DNA is still there. Pop music is all basically rave influenced at this point. So, yeah. um, or EDM influenced. So, um, so but I, I will say... Part of the reason why I think I love this movie so much is I loved the cutting into the Columbia card with the with the mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. with the rave footage. As did I. That was that was a nice little yeah. kick in the stomach. We're doing this differently. Yeah. I think the music is really good. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Most I, I, of it. I wouldn't say across the board it's really good. There's a lot of like kind of forgettable kind of crap '99 music crammed into this movie. So funny. Like Lens, Steal My Sunshine, for instance. It's a great song. I'll, I'll defend that song. That's a good song, and you know, it's, and you know, 1999 music. That was the best. That was the best song released in 1999. So you got. I mean, it was a wasteland you for music. Give them credit. It's yeah. funny because when it played in the movie, very very briefly, it plays for It's it's that's the thing. What it's the fucking sample in the background or the whatever that drum loop that they've got. That's hooky and great. Yeah, the lyrics are fucking garbage. It's like it's not a good song. Anyway, whatever. But anyway, my point is, but if we're going to talk about the, the Go soundtrack, let's just talk very briefly about the um, No Doubt song. Don't let a, it go. It's a good song. It was a good song. Yeah. Um, it was also a big deal because it was the first song they had released since Tragic Kingdom, which mm-hmm. was a colossally successful album. Yeah. And they didn't follow it up for four and a half years, which is really, obviously, is a really long time, especially after having such a successful album. And that song, I remember being a big deal. I remember... Mm-hmm. Which is a, a pretty big get for a movie like this to get a song that sort of big because people thought it was cool. Like, that's kind of that's <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. that's I guess. That, that's that's why I, that's, I, that's why I'm not going to buy into that argument ultimately because I be, well I, I I kept a running list uh-huh. of the things in this movie that felt like cool movie bingo. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'll get into as we get there, yeah. or maybe I'll just tell you bingo as as we okay. hit it. Well, but, let's do that. Um, but so, so so the so the movie starts. Well, I just I, I really want to talk just very briefly um, oh, about me. the uh, not the development so much as some of the casting. Mm-hmm. I guess Christina Ricci was originally cast as Rana, and she bailed. Would have been good. She scheduling conflicts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she would have been. She would have yeah. been good. <clears throat> Melissa Joan Hart was also considered. Probably not as good. Would have been crazy. Could have been interesting. I think she might have actually been an interesting choice. Would, would have made would have sent her made it a different, such a different, a totally different trajectory. Yeah. But it's an interesting anyway. So they obviously got Sarah Polly, which I apparently took some arm twisting. She didn't want to leave Canada. She didn't want to do a film in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't. I don't, she just never wanted to be a movie star. Sarah Polly has really only done like three movies, right? She's done more than three movies. I think it's like it's, it's, it's very it's, few. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, Baron Sweet Munchausen, yeah. <laughs> where she was a little girl. Okay. Uh, it's Sweet Her After. It's uh, Guinevere, which I think she did shortly after this movie, and that was basically it. She just didn't well, want to be a big actress. Yeah, I mean, according to IMDb, she's done 50 th- 54 Okay, so a little, more than, <laughs> a little more than three. Um, but what's interesting, about, there's, I mean, listen, I could talk for hours In- about Sarah Pauly. Including Existence. That's right. She so we will be, we will we will be, be seeing, seeing her, her again. again in a Canadian in uh, David Cronenberg's yes. uh, weird pseudo virtual reality movie, which Kenny's never seen. I'm very excited to do I've that seen, episode. I've seen one sequence. Is it the the gun sequence? No, the hell sequence. 
Hell sequence. Am I talking about a different movie? I'm talking about Event Horizon. Yeah, that's a totally different movie. Never seen anything about Existence. Existence is going to be a really interesting experience. Looking forward to it. Uh, As am I. Um, So Sarah Pauly gets the role in this movie. They basically twist her arm to do it. And it's clearly a movie that, and a performance from her that could have made her into a star. Mm -hmm. And almost did. She was cast as Penny Lane in Almost Famous which was going to be the follow-up to this. Uh, and she got as far as, I believe, maybe even pre-production. Like, yeah. she got very close to doing it. And then she ultimately decided not to do it. And there's a quote that she has. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But she did an interview in Total Film Magazine. And her quote was, I'm not Kate Hudson. I'm not, like, this beautiful star who walks into a room and every guy feels weak in the knees and stuff. But, you know, I think about it as a testament to me that I knew that and I dropped out and let Kate Hudson do it. And she was great. And she sort of goes That's on so to weird. talk Kate about Kate Hudson that. was supposed to play the Zoe Deschanel role exactly. in that. And I wonder how... That's it's a, a different movie. Yeah, that was, but it, I would say... It would have been fine. I actually think she would have been a really interesting and a really great Penny Lane. I, I, again, I mean, it's the what-if situation. I just think that... And Kate Hudson's wonderful in it. And to Sarah Pauly's credit, she does see... Like, there is a effervescence. There is a a magnetism to Kate Hudson that Sarah Pauly doesn't have, but there's a groundedness and a realness to Sarah Pauly that I think would have made the tail end of Penny Lane's story so much richer, personally. I, I This isn't a podcast about Almost Famous, but we're just... Well, yeah. just, to, just I would have... It would have been a different movie. Sarah Pauly is, is a little, in my opinion, she reads a little too secure. Sure. Too... Sure. Spent to spend a significant amount of time follow, following, a little jaded, yeah, a little yeah. jaded, yeah. and it just you really have to debase yourself, and that the character yeah. Has, yeah. has to debase herself to do what she did. And I thought, you know, Kate Hudson was perfect, but I think Kate Hudson's phenomenal in the movie. I don't mean to suggest otherwise. I just think I love Sarah Pauly, and there's a part of me that's like the almost famous that had Brad Pitt as Russell Hammond and Sarah Pauly as Penny Lane is just a movie that, in my mind, I would love to see. Yeah. And anyway, well, so. another reason to love Sarah Polly, she makes this movie. This movie, <laughs> like she, she makes a lot of little cool decisions yeah. that make that actually make me think that yeah. she's cool. The character's cool. Yeah, um, the movie's worth my investment. Go ahead. I think also um, she grounds the movie. Like the movie is dangerously close to just like tipping and just going into full like bizarro, like broad comedy almost. And I feel like she pulls it back when she's on the screen. I was, Unfortunately, I, she disappears for two-thirds of the movie. But well, She's in a ditch. She but, is. Uh, th- there's a worse place I think it was going without Sarah Polly. <laughs> I think it was going to, to direct D- to DVD. Really? Wasteland. I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying literally, literally but, I'm, but I'm saying there's that scene with her and Tim- Timothy Oliphant yeah. when he turns up the music and he Massive makes... Massive attack? Yeah. Was that, yeah. 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 Where you, he, it's, um, a lo- I, it's amazing. I, uh, he, he, you know, he, we can talk about that scene in a second, but yeah. that scene in worse actors' hands Terrible. happens on Showtime at 1045, and <laughs> yeah. you're embarrassed that you're watching it, you're embarrassed for the actors, and you're, you're, you're embarrassed for everybody involved, but they are so cool and so great in that scene. Yeah, they kill um, him. They do. They do. And Timothy pull, Timothy Oliphant pulls it all off in a Santa hat with no shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and dice tattooed on his neck. It's actually one of my. <laughs> it's actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's a great scene. Um, and it's 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 another reason why the second two thirds of this movie upset me so much because 
if you look at that scene yeah. where you're worried for Rana at that moment that she's about to get raped, right? Basically. Or killed, but really raped. Like, I don't know. It's what's a dangerous ha- scene. It feels dangerous. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I have no idea yeah. what's happening. I think he's about, he's turning up the music to attack her. Yep. If you contrast that mm-hmm. with the shit with, with Jay Morris and, and Scott Wolf and yeah. William Fickner and Jane Krakowski, that's essentially an extended gay panic joke. Yeah, I don't get it. How are these in the same movie? Okay, continue. So, <laughs> um, I, I, there's, I feel like I knew several girls that had Rana's burgundy leather jacket. Yeah. Like, don't you feel like, yeah. I don't know, there's just something about that, that jacket that was just like, it just felt, I don't know, so that moment. Yeah. Um, I do, and to get back to sort of the Timothy Oliphant of it all, he really does have sort of this perfect mix of sardonic and potentially dangerous. Like, he's really threading a needle. Mm-hmm. And it's impressive because mm-hmm. you have to, you have to like him enough that at the end it works. And you do, but you're also worried for her. But I would also say, am I supposed to believe he was going to shoot her? Like, you pulling out a gun is it's crazy. Funny. I read um, uh, John August oh, yeah? spoke on that point. Okay. And he says no. He says that okay. he definitively, it's on johnaugust.com. Um, he was asked the question that mm-hmm. you just asked. And he said, no, he wasn't. He wasn't going he was to just gonna her. scare her. He was just going to scare her. He literally said it. He was just going to scare her. Which I also thought to myself, this is just a weird tactic. Just even in the way that, like, yeah. I don't know what he would. I don't know what was. I, 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 I don't like having the definitive answer, to be honest, because I prefer. I, I love, honestly, I love the idea that he was going to kill her. Yeah. Um, he's a drug dealer. She yeah. stole from him. Like, am I supposed to believe this guy really has a heart? I, I'm happy. Yeah. Th- I'm happy that we didn't get there. I'm happy yeah. that we didn't have to see that all, all the way through the end. But yeah. that's why that character worked for me. That even she, I don't think she's actually supposed, to, actually supposed to be 17 in the movie. I think she was just telling what William Fickner that. Yeah. But even though she's obviously she's like, like 19, 20, old enough to live yeah. in her own apartment. But yeah, that, that's what kind of what you have to do. You can't take pity on people if you're a drug dealer when they steal from you yeah. like that. Put you out there. So okay. All right. Let's 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 rewind a second here. We open the movie. Sarah Polly is uh, a, a cashier at a. I think it's a Vons. They call it Sons, but I think it's Vons. Yeah. Uh, and the first scene with her is actually kind of great. It's with with her and the mom. With her and the mom, where she's like, "You didn't double my coupons," and Sarah Polly's like, "It says double coupons at the bottom or whatever." Yeah. And then the woman says something along the lines of, don't think you're better than you are or something. I used to have your job. I used to have your job. And Sarah Polly says, look where it got you. Sarah Polly does something in that scene that I always loved. The way she takes the bleach out of the bag and holds it up over her shoulder, (laughs) never taking her eye off the bitch in front of her, (laughs) uh, and taking it out and then wrapping it in the one bag. Um, That is a girl I want to see more of. That's a character I am down with. Yeah. So that that you, you're yeah those first five minutes with her you're just like I'm in yeah she then goes on her break with her friends Katie Holmes and Manny I don't know the actor's name I probably should but I don't don't Manny Manny, Manny. <laughs> um, she's gone by Manny for a long time I have no doubt <laughs> aren't you aren't you surprised Manny didn't, didn't become a big thing a little let's go on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then they, they go on a smoke break together where they play the dead celebrity game, although Omar Sharif is not dead in 1999, so that's a little bit weird. Is that true? Yeah, he died in 2002. Um, How could they fuck that up? It's a little weird, but anyway, <clears throat> at least that's what the internet says. Maybe they just didn't at call him on it. Um, anyway, they play a game, and I love that scene. I love it because it just feels like I've worked many shitty, mm-hmm. you know, 
uh, customer service jobs where you're just like holding on to your five or ten minutes like they're everything and it feels that way Um, but also speaking to why the beginning is better than the the two the last two parts yeah that's a fun scene yeah that seems irreverent and seems kind of lived in yeah it has consequences the loser has to go Go out do something the loser has to go out and take the shift and that's a very consequential shift whoever was doing that shift was going to be propositioned by zach and adam so yeah it makes sense in the actual that's what i mean like the whole i I don't think you're gonna hear anything from me in the first 35 minutes that 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 shits on something happening for no good reason with the exception of some of the manny stuff um but but if it was just the manny stuff You can Excuse live me. with it, and I have a theory for why that shit's in there. But um, anyway, to move move yeah. the it basically, uh, she's propositioned by Jay Moore and Scott Wolf. Mm-hmm. They ask her if Simon is working. Mm-hmm. She says he's going to Vegas this weekend, uh, and they basically say that Simon used to hook us up with ecstasy. I guess is what we're led to believe. Yeah. I don't know if it specifically was that drug or not, but he hooked it was them ecstasy. Up. Okay. Yeah, she says later like twenty hits of X. Oh right, okay. So um, well, is, I, I knew that, but I don't all, know if Simon only got them. Always ecstasy, a but. pet peeve of mine. Who calls it X? X? Only people in movies. Also. Don't get me started on the fact that this film apparently ha- is riddled with like Easter egg X's all over the movie. That's Didn't a whole other that. thing. Yeah. So that's again, no one called it X. Everyone called I it know. E. I do. I think it's but. ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, so uh, she says she can get it for them because she's hard up for rent money and she needs cash. So she, she decides that she's going to go to Simon's drug dealer, played by Timothy Oliphant, Todd Gaines, and that she's going to kind of jump a couple rungs in the ladder, if you will, and get. 20 hits of ecstasy in order to get these guys what they're looking for and to mm-hmm. get some cash. Uh, we go there and we have the scene that you spoke of earlier where, where Todd is intimidating her um, and ultimately capitulates and sells her the ecstasy. Although he does say uh, that 20 hits crosses a threshold from uh Intent from to sell possession to, in, to intent to sell. I think it was intent to sell to traffic to traffic. Yeah, sure. Well, oh, I think trafficking and intent to sell is the same thing. But I think it was from possession to intent to sell. But it doesn't. It, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. matter but it, it it does matter. It sort of. Of course, it matters because that's the reason they asked for twenty and and they want right, to get some. But she doesn't have twenty because ultimately Manny eats two of them, so, so she only has eighteen. So I'm just my. But but the plan yes. tracks. I understand. Right? So I understand. the plan tracks, and. <laughs> yeah. the, but so I, I I always you know I'm thinking back to what I thought at the time yeah because that's another thing uh, about this movie when I was 17 I didn't know most of these tricks mm-hmm. and here sitting here at 35 as a writer I know all these tricks and I see I see sure. all the you I see, see all, the strings yeah. you see all the strings but at yeah. the time I just thought she fucked up yeah. I just thought she was a dummy who yeah. didn't know mm-hmm. and put herself in a bad position but yeah. getting and and I think that's obviously what Todd thought too sure. And getting that information out there in that way mm-hmm. was it was a nice little hiding of the ball. And it I, was. again, I think that that's really good shit. And then he says a whole thing about how it's not this what is it? Like crunchy granola grain something it's, something. It's not this crunchy herbal grave herbal, shit. herbal rave shit. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Which does track later because when he hears that coming out of somebody else, that's Jesus, the only that reason exactly. I'm bringing that up. But anyway, um she gets the drugs. She goes to um, Jay Moore and Scott Wolf's she, house. She leaves Katie Holmes as collateral. She leaves Katie Holmes as collateral because she doesn't have because she doesn't have the money to pay. I mean, we right. should it should be stated 
This whole thing is motivated by the fact that Rana doesn't have rent money. Yeah. Rana's about to so get... So there's actual stakes. Yeah, She's Rana's going about to, to get, get evicted. evicted. Yeah, yeah. And she needs to make this money. Now, yeah. she has $200 because Simon paid her a little bit in advance. Yes. But uh, she, she needs uses, more... She, well, she needs three to buy the ecstasy yeah. because yes. it's 20 hits for 15. yeah. yeah. And but she, she only has two hundred. So, so she, she leaves Todd Ka- and she, she leaves yeah. Katie Holmes. And there's a great scene outside where Katie, where she's trying to convince Katie Holmes to stay as collateral, and she's mm-hmm. like, "I'm not staying with a drug dealer." And she's like, "Don't get all eight one eight on me," which I think is I love that. It's line a great too. fucking line. Yeah. Um, not that I even. That's one of those clueless things. <laughs> yeah. That's like yeah. it's almost made up slang. But yeah, yeah okay, sure. Like, sh- people from the valley, <laughs> people of the valley, from they're total losers, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, okay. So she leaves Katie Holmes there. Um and goes to Jay Moore and Scott Wolf's place, and William Fickner is there, who could not scream "Nark" more. It's it's weird. He's it great, but it's also like she should be immediately like, "Who the fuck is this guy? This house looks like abandoned." Which looks, she kind of is. It's that's kind of she why she's a little, cool. Yes, yes, that's why she's she cool. does. That's why she's she clocks know, it before they go in. Mandy goes. She um. She leaves something. I can't remember what. And Manny goes, you're a real pro. Oh, and right, he goes, right, right, She goes, I'm a top-ranked amateur. Yeah, she point. seems like a top-ranked amateur. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's true. Yes. She does. She is smart enough to realize a yeah. 40-year-old guy with these two 30-somethings is weird. rolling on X. Um, it's weird. It's, it's unusual. So. Anyway, so she senses something's up, okay? Mm-hmm. She goes to the bathroom and decides to flush the ecstasy because she realizes that she's a potentially about to get busted she asks for some oj she asks for some they're, oj they're fresh out of oj babe right, right. here's Cerveza. a cerveza oh, oh, yeah i mean yeah, no. anyway he so. should have just handed her his badge <laughs> yeah, he's like it's anyway so she's like this is fucked i'm gonna go flush these pills mm-hmm. she does so she bails she's trying to leave and scott wolf kind of blocks the door and timothy Oliphant's like can we make it uh, sorry uh Fickner's like can we make a deal can we make a deal and she says who the fuck are you monty hall I don't believe that yeah. Rana knows who the fuck Monty Hall is. That's a weird deep cut joke that like plays for my parents, I guess, but it doesn't really play for that. It didn't Tim- even mean anything to me in '99. Well, I I may have had a weirder childhood than you. I mean, maybe uh, I yes. spent a lot of time watching game shows as a child. A lot of time. I definitely knew who Monty does, Hall was. Does explain a lot. Uh, no, a lot. I know. Uh, so I did know who Monty Hall was. <laughs> All right. Well, and I, I don't also, believe Rana Martin. I, I also knows who like it her. I put. I, I kind of flag that too for the same reasons. But I like her delivery of it. Like she's. Yeah. No. She, she's she's trying she's to be a, a fucking badass. Yeah. And that's why you love her because you sense a little bit of desperation. But she's kind of selling it to a little it, bit it of works. defiance. It's cool. It works. Um, anyway, flushes the. So now she's sitting in Manny's car. Which is outfitted with these like Christmas lights on which the inside, I love. which I love. Yeah. Which I think are great. Yeah, uh, kind of. It kind of makes me want to be their friend. It does. Yeah, that car kind of. I kind of want to hang out in that car, yeah. even though it's it looks disgusting. I kind of love it. Well, they they make it a home. It's that's that's yeah. that's such a great little touch. It's that, a great detail. It, just, it it makes me think these people make the best of whatever situation they're in. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're in Manny's car. She's trying to figure out what her plan is now because she's lost the pills and she needs the money. And she now realizes that Manny is rolling because he's taken two of these ex- these ecstasy pills, mm-hmm. even though you're only supposed to take one. So he's like fully tripping balls. And she's like, drive me somewhere, which I think is insane. Why would you allow this? But that's whatever. Um, 
It's insane. They go back to the Vons where she puts together that maybe she can convince Todd that that she didn't sell the pills and to put fake pills in the container. Like she buys a bunch of cold medication Mm -hmm. and tries to convince him otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, Meanwhile, Manny's tripping and he starts having some weird fantasy of dancing with one of the cashiers at the supermarket while the Macarena plays in the background, which might be one of the most 99 details of this movie. What must be stated about that yes. was at the moment. Sure. That Macar- was not cool. No, I the, know. That at the moment, the, at the moment, that, the, Mac, the Macarena, as I would say, the Macarena was, <laughs> was a dated, weird reference. So... the. Well, my doesn't make it any cooler now. It makes it much less. It, 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 no, it it makes it very uncool now. I'm not saying it's cool now. <laughs> okay. I'm saying it was uncool at the time. Okay. At the time, it was cringeworthy. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and it's cringeworthy now. And I think all all of Manny's shit is kind of cringeworthy. My my, I have a little bit of a thing coming up, but that's my cool. reason for why I think they included this stuff that 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 are that are essentially non sequiturs. Yeah, it's because I I think they felt like they had to prove their ecstasy bona fides. I think they had to. I right. do. I think they. I think they. They felt this insecurity about doing an ecstasy movie, mm-hmm. and I can't think of any other ecstasy movies. Um, I mean, there are some in '99 that we're going to talk about. I, I think there's like some what? like. I think there's some Gregoraki films that are pretty ecstasy fueled. Mm. We'll get there, I guess. Um, I think there are, but I like think Doom Generation and I don't like the, know what that is. Okay. Anyway, but uh, I don't know if it was '99. But, ex- but yeah, but but doing an ecstasy movie without having. An approximation of what it's like to be on ecstasy probably made them insecure. So they had this character rolling on ecstasy, having three very weird, distinct, um, different hallucinations Mm -hmm. um, that work not that well in my opinion, but they can say they did it. And they certainly tried. Yeah, and I think it's – I mean, listen, I've never done ecstasy in my life. I think – have you done ecstasy? Okay, I have not. So I don't know what the experience is like. So I can't speak to how – accurate the depiction is i always feel like any sort of drug addled sequences in movies or television tend to feel kind of lame but i and it's not because i'm judging drug use it's more just like we're doing something trippy i don't know it just it it doesn't work for me but i do think that i don't really love the manny stuff either especially like the cat and todd's apartment and all that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff like it's it doesn't work for me. So I thought that was the coolest thing in the world when I was 17. Yeah, and when now, I was 19, I thought it was funny when the cat says, you're going to die. die. I wish he died, but you're, you're going <laughs> to But I do think that when the trip goes south on Manny, they did a good job with that. When he starts like puking and passing out and like losing his shit and, they're, and she's trying to carry him through. Like that felt, again, having never done it, it felt real to me in terms of feeling like you're on a bad trip with this guy. Janet Maslin agrees with you. Oh, okay. She specifically pointed okay. that part out um, in her very positive review of this movie. <laughs> but that moment did work because I felt like there was a consequence to his actions a little bit mm-hmm. and that and it created a foreboding sense as we're sort of par- as we're sort of barreling towards Todd. Yeah. As that's happening, not to get ahead of ourselves. Anyway, um, there is a Gregoraki film in 99, by the way. It's Splendor, so we will be talking about that at some point. Um, it is after his three-part Teen Apocalypse trilogy that came out previous to that. I'm mm. surprised you've never seen any of his movies. I don't think I've ever seen any of his uh, yeah, he did a movie. The movie that caught him some, got him acclaim was in 95, The Doom Generation with uh, Rose McGowan. 
Um, it was a big movie. And then he did mm-hmm. a movie called Nowhere, which had a lot of big stars in it at the time. And then he did Splendor, and we'll talk about that in a future podcast. He did four 13 Reason Why episodes. Saw all those. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he did four? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, so uh, just to get back to where we were, um, we're back at the supermarket. Rana is able to get a bunch of cold medication. She goes to Todd Gaines' apartment. She convinces him that the... And basically to get a fucking refund for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. She gets a refund. He's, well, he says he's going to just talk to the manager and fill out a return slip. And Yes. No, yes. Witty. Um, I, I love it. I, I, I love it. I, I, I do. I really love Todd's character. Why, it's because Timothy Oliphant's delivery is so fucking great. Like, his... You know what I mean? Well, like you, he's bringing it to life. We both... Probably. I don't want to speak for you. and But I've worked on shows... Yes. ...where a great actor... Yeah, can, your, uh, oh, can yeah. make not great dialogue great or great dialogue sure. incredible, yeah. and, uh, and and that's what Timothy Oliphant does here. Absolutely, and, and in, in lesser hands, yeah, it would have been awful. So they leave his apartment. Oh, Manny sees his cat and starts. There's like the cat subtitled and it's reading his mind or some shit and starts talking about how he's going to die and yeah, whatever. Uh, they go to the fucking rave. This is the other thing too. The movie does do a good job of folding everything into that rave so it really does sort of like all kind of come together there you know what i mean like i feel like it does a good job of everybody sort of ending up there i would i would i would not agree i would agree with that for the first part okay i would agree with that for the first part anyway but but the but i think that we'll get to the scott and adam stuff or the uh, zach and adam stuff at the end yeah but that I, I disagree. I think it did a really bad part. That spent. I here's spent most. Let me of, rephrase what I meant. Visually, um, they made that feel like ground zero. It felt like this is where the movie is all kind of going towards. And visually, it's a memorable yeah, sequence. It's, a, it's, a, it's the so you do remember yeah. right exactly. Yeah. And in that regard, I think they did a good job. No doubt. That that's what no I doubt. Like like that. Harping on the same point over and over again, but like, there's so much good here in the beginning. Sure, Mary Xmas, like a girl's name. Um, it's just I'm not saying that's good. I just yeah. I, I remember, but I do it, like it, that scene between Oliphant and we we did skip that. The, the scene with Katie Holmes and Oliphant is great. It is answer the question, Claire. Answer the question a little bit of Breakfast Club. It's, it's good. It always is a good thing, but it's pretty funny. Breakfast Club would have only been 13 years before the 
14 years before the events of this movie. This is true. This is go as closer to Breakfast Club than we are to go. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is crazy to think about. Um, but it's a good scene, and it's a scene that you truthfully, Katie Holmes and Timothy Oliphant have basically two scenes together. Pretty much. In the whole movie. Pretty much, yeah. And for what as a testament to, to John August, he has found a way that through those two scenes we see a whole bunch of shit happen and they grow and they change and they end up together believably which for a little bit you know what i'm saying well i i also am have been always will be a katie holmes stan so uh and this is her this is like peak katie holmes well you know it it actually um it was shot before after the pilot was shot of dawson's creek really but it was shot before dawson's creek came out or or premiered so it was shot before, but it, but was released so, after. Yeah, so Tim, so Katie Holmes was already somebody. Well, Dawson's was ninety eight. This movie comes out in ninety nine. But it was shot I before, understand. I understand. so they didn't know that she was going to be I who that. she became, which may have been why she's not in the movie very well, much. Well, no, definitely why she wasn't in the movie, movie very much, but also maybe why the movie started with her. That may not have been what it was. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's they, interesting. They may have changed it and said, "Let's get the big famous person up front." You're, you're uh, prob- I, that feels right to maybe. me. Maybe. I mean, and the other thing about Katie Holmes, is, Katie Holmes, I, I think is, is woefully underrated. I think the, I, it upsets me so much, like kind of what's happened to her. Okay. Well, I mean, you're, I, I will never get over her performance in the ice storm. There's something so she, perfect about that. Libet's Casey. It's, she's so good. She's the best. And when she, and, when she says, you remind me of a brother and falls asleep in his lap. Yeah. Well, for me, I love it's you like another, a brother is what she says. It's a, it's another, Tobey Maguire, Katie Holmes joint, which is Wonder Boys, which is one of my favorite fucking movies. I love that movie and so much. And she's fucking great in that movie. Is that 2000? I think it's uh, it like, is 2000. It's like the only good movie in 2000. That's inaccurate, but... It's not that inaccurate. Like Almost Famous came out in 2000. So there are very few movies. Those two... We're not, this isn't about 2000. Not yet. Those two movies... <laughs> those two movies would have, stood, would have stood up in 99. Not many other movies would have. Sure. Let's Wonder Boys going. is great. Katie Holmes is great. She's actually quite good in this movie. Yeah. And, it, and that's a good scene between the two of them. Anyway, uh, we get to the fucking rave, and Sarah Polly starts selling more cold medication to fucking stupid kids. To nerds. To nerds at this rave. So those are the people I would say are the posers. And I think they put actual I, posers in the movie. <laughs> I think they are more, bigger posers, but I don't I, – anyway – the scene in the back of whatever the, the station wagon thing. is, yeah. it's a great scene. It's a great scene because I feel like at some point or another, everyone has been in that position where you're with a bunch of people that are pretending like they're high. Oh, my God. Yeah. What it's is a great scene? scene where he's like, is it more of like a wave or whatever? The scene was – it's a great scene. And then this dork, like he's like, yeah, I have to yeah. buy it for you. I'll buy yeah. it for you, girl sitting next yeah. to me. And um, then Sarah Pauly has the great line of, you know what makes it really great is smoking – <laughs> just a whole lot of pot. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, then they go into the rave. Todd Gaines shows up because he's figured out that she tried to screw him with the drugs. He shows up and uh, Manny sees him. We have Manny and her running out like we just discussed earlier. Now we have a confrontation between Todd and he's like, you just think you can just screw me like this, blah, blah, blah. She's intimidated. She's scared. She gets hit by a Miata. Again, maybe mm-hmm. the most 99 car that they could have found. Yeah, uh, She gets hit by a yellow Miata, which then, <laughs> that then launches her into sort of a, 
a ditch, I guess, is the it's best like way to ditch. put it. Um, and camera pulls up, goes to black, and now we rewind. There's some good shit there. Yeah. I like Todd's reaction. I always thought, like, he... He's good. He's so cool. Like, I... I he's... He, no, he does. It's yes. just, all the fans just is cool, but he has this look on his face. He puts the gun out. He puts his arms out. He looks at the car. It's like, what the fuck? Like, you're just going to drive off? Yeah, what great, the fuck? Yeah. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then there's a, and, and the yeah. shot of Polly in the ditch yeah. is cool because there's a stream running next to her mm-hmm. that you initially think is her blood. Yeah. So, and then you kind of you know, look closer and you know it's a stream. And blood. you realize she's not dead, which is important. Yeah. She coughs up some blood and you're like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen next? Cut then, to black. And then the movie ends. And the movie and ends. I'm and a worse so movie happy, begins. And I say it's such a great movie. And, <laughs> and then. Um, so now we rewind. We're now in chapter two. We are in Simon's chapter, who also works at Bonds or Sons or whatever it is. Um, and we hear him talk about how he's going to go to Vegas with his buddies. And. Uh, we catch up with Simon in the fucking trunk of some... Oh, you missed the part where he's sexually harassed us? Uh, yeah, I know. Twice? We have to see it three times, too. It's important. I mean, it's important. It's awful. It's, it this it is, makes me hate him. Well, it makes is, me hate him from the jump. This is where this movie was living. <sighs> Not only do they make that joke, yeah. that is the big moment we keep going back to. That's like... that's And, and that's why... You'll be ho ho homeless. I can't get like I I I feel like let's just take a moment. I I feel like we can't really go at this movie the way we might want to go at this movie. Are you saying go as a pun because people don't say go enough in this movie? Yeah. Well, I mean, have you ever used the term going for coming? Nope. But did you go? Did you go to the bathroom? Did I pee? Did I? Am I going somewhere? Um, but. But at, at this point of the at this point of the movie, the other thing about it is at this point of the movie, it gets problematic over and over and over and over. Whereas in the first part, there is nothing about it that I find offensive or misplaced or or or, or, or awkward or cringy, except for the the Manny stuff, but not cringy for like any offensive reason. Just like you guys, you misstepped there. There's but, one moment. In this chapter that I actually laughed at. Go for it. <laughs> and it's such a throwaway stupid moment, but I, it still makes me laugh now and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. They're at the buffet. Oh, and, no. And it, <laughs> it cuts to a wide shot behind them. Breckenmeyer. And Meyer turn, <laughs> turning to the woman next to him and saying, girl, are you done yet? I don't know why. It makes me laugh. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> I don't know why, but it makes me laugh. All right, so let's just talk but anyway, about these yeah. four guys for a second. So you have them four of them well, in the back okay. of the car. You've you, got well, no, 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 no. You've you've skipped ahead. Oh, you have you have Simon in you the have trunk. Simon in the right. trunk. Uh, they pull over. They open up the trunk. He pops out and pukes. And Brecken Meyer says, "Motherfucking Jack in the Box," which just made me hate him. From I hate all of these people. Like these, no one talks like this. Maybe did they talk like this in '99? Uh, it, I'm trying to. I'm. I'm. I'm more or less trying. So I'm trying to put myself in that mindset because all right. So yeah. the, you have the four guys. You have Simon. He's British. Um, he's yeah. eager to please. Um, sure. He's a drug dealer allegedly. Uh, he's really impulsive. That's a polite word for it. Um, you have a driver who has four lines and he's Asian. His name's Tiny. Uh, his name is Tiny. He's not the smallest guy in the group by a long shot. <laughs> I don't know why he's called Tiny. But he's not the biggest guy either. So there's, it's not even an ironic name. <laughs> medium. Uh, he's, it's like, <laughs> I, I, there, like there is no opposite of medium. So what are you going to do? 
Um, yeah. Then you have Breckenmeyer in the I'm back. I'm going to go Breckenmeyer last. Then you have Tay Diggs, Tay Diggs the, the only one with a brain man in the world. Yeah, he's beautiful. He's a beautiful um, man who is very who's who's very magnet magnetic. Didn't do a lot before this movie. That's and true. this was really a star making role in a weird way. Like he just has a way of, of owning every scene that he's in. Um, and he does weirdly embody this very weird character who's a, you know, he's a black guy yeah. who is obsessed with tantric sex. That's the character. And he also, and he That's also, basically the character. and he also isn't a loser. He, I mean, in that, like, he's not a loser. He he's gets, smart enough to know not to eat a shit ton of cheap shrimp yeah. at a, at a buffet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he seems, you know, he's he's got class. Like he seems like he's got like he's put together. He's dressed he in a, a ninety nine way that doesn't look horrible now. Ish. I like that jacket. Really? Um, sure, if I could pull it off. But uh, anyway, point is, Tate Diggs is is the only one of these four guys that I would actually want to sit at a table with. And he's and he's also the only one of the four guys that you'd want to watch a movie about. Absolutely, um, because the fourth guy's Breckin Meyer. <laughs> Who is I, I? I there's only one word to describe him. It starts with W. It rhymes with a really bad word. Um, okay, a really bad N word. Like okay, that can was, we not say that word? Is I don't want to say it. It's also a word that was so of that time. Too. It was a word that was of that time, and it was a character that was of that time. <laughs> yes. Obviously, they're making fun of him, but I mean, I guess. Well, they are because he's the butt of every they don't joke. Go, they don't go hard enough at him, though. Not the thing. Well, he uses the N word, and they go at him. And it starts with him making that awful, telling that awful story about yeah, the girl, the, the about contact him, lens yeah, him, blood. him getting a blowjob and the girl's contact lens. It's a story he stole immediately, stole from stole Tate from Diggs, Diggs, immediately disguised the clown of the group. So they're clowning on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're clowning on him. Yeah, what's but, his character's name? But even having this fucking guy in the movie, A, yeah. dates it and B, like, from 2017, you're just Sorry, like. Sorry, he's tiny. My apologies. Oh, he is kind of tiny. He's tiny. I don't know what the other guy's name is, but continue Tony. what you're saying. Um, Maybe the Marcus. T- anyway, continue. Just keep, just having him in the movie really makes it kind of weird. And that guy Breckenmeyer wasn't nobody, so Breckenmeyer was a recognizable face in a way that, frankly, Desmond Askew was not and never will, never has been. Fair enough. So, so we, that's we got these four fucking guys in yeah. this car. They're going to Vegas. Okay, they get to Vegas. They immediately go to this buffet basically that's what you do when you go to vegas that's not what you do they go to they go to the buffet and tiny and this other guy eat a ton of shrimp and they get get sick but before that medium me medium me sits down at this table where tay diggs regales them with the the magic that is tantric sex he doesn't really explain it he He, just says direct the orgasm inwards Sure. Not the, is that enough? Do you feel like that's enough of an instruction manual yeah, I've had that orga- Simon's I've able had to that then do tantric hours. sex? No, it's this stupid. is my point. It's so, like everything else. It's everything else. It's stupid. It's underexplained. It's it's well. Okay. It's for a joke. It's not for real. It's not for yeah. real story purposes. It's not like no, that, that's not the reason that the hotel burns down and the hotel burning down doesn't even matter. So go ahead. So we're at the table, blah, 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 tantric sex, yada, yada. Um, Simon's terrible at blackjack. He burns through all his money. So Tadig says, fuck off for, for two hours and come back and I'll let you gamble again. So he stumbles upon a wedding and he sees this wedding and he sees these two girls um, and proceeds to have a threesome with these two girls in a hotel room with them. Uh, I, I don't know why. I, it came 
very easily. It sucks. It's stupid. It sucks. It's, it it's sucks. Such a, it's, it's such a, a it's, movie it's thing. It's offensive. It's annoying. Anyway, he learns how to do tantric sex just by that one exchange with Tay Diggs. Uh, they set their room on fire by smoking. Is it crack or is it? It looked like pot? pot to me. Okay, I couldn't um, really tell. She had to keep tissues in her nose because she, otherwise she can't hold it. I don't know if she doesn't have the ability to hold hold in her breaths. I, I don't. I, whatever. <laughs> so, but it's it, like they that, have a threesome. They set so, the curtains on fire. It's so and, core. It's so telegraphed. Yeah, um, it's it not means not. So this is. What bothers me about this sequence, the the, the Simon sequence in, in specific, mm-hmm. it seemed like, you know, there is. I, I heard this anecdote once about Desperate Housewives. Okay, um, from an executive who worked on the show, and I really like Desperate Housewives, and, and I think it's really great. But apparently, there were some situations that they were kind of mandated to have in the show. Uh-huh. Someone said, I don't know if it was the executive or who or, or the network or whatever that said. We want Gabrielle, who is Eva Longoria, mm-hmm. in a ball gown, mm-hmm. mowing her lawn at night. Sure. How do we get there? Because it's, I guess it's a marketable image. Because it looks, yes. It looks cool. Because, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. How do we get there? That's not the way to write. So this, it seems like there are several things in this scene, in this sequence, where it's like, we want a threesome. We want a stripper scene. We want yeah. We want a champagne room scene. We we want a a Ferrari. Yeah. It it just seems – and and, and you you know that it's not the right way to write because there's no connective tissue in this part. Even in this movie that has a fractured narrative, these sequence – these um, little vignettes. Yeah. You have the little – you have the Simon – you have the beginning. That yeah. hardly matters, but it does wind up to it does wind up falling in the end a little bit. Then you have the Simon sequence with the threesome, where he just walks out naked, and he's basically fine after that. Yeah, he finds Tay Diggs, and they start a new adventure. So they, yeah, okay. So they set the, they set their room on fire. He bails, runs out naked, puts his clothes back on, finds Tay Diggs, and they Tay Diggs washes his hands in a bathroom, and some you know racist dude in the cowboy hat thinks that he's the bathroom attendant. Mm-hmm. And that is very loosely connected to later. They're outside the hotel, outside the casino, and some guy thinks that he's the valet, even though like he doesn't look like, look a, valet. Like a valet. And he's not going to take this shit anymore. Right, like, so I he see. throws him the keys. He takes the keys. They get in the Ferrari and they drive off. It's a it's a shitty joke. It's been done to death. It's racist. Um, it's racist. It's not funny. There was a, there was a period of time that ended fortunately a while ago mm-hmm. where uh, white people thought they could kind of comment on this from the black point of view yep um and to me it just comes across as just misguided and not not particularly insightful and not particularly fun and or particularly malicious either just to be clear like i don't think that it was done with ill intent i think it thought it was being funny the intentions are good so, but you know, but you know what they you know, say about the, the road to hell, right? I think it's paved with the best of intentions. That's right. Um, so I don't mean that. No one's going to hell for this movie. <laughs> no one's going to hell for. This I movie. mean, we just watched Wild Wild West. We know who's going to hell. People might go to hell for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay, so they get in the Ferrari, um, and they find a gun in the car checklist. 
Right. So they find a gun in the car. I hold six men, six male, six man, six men's life in my hands. Six, yeah, something like six that. Six males' lives in my hands. That's what he said. I think that was the line. Well, he's right? British. Forbade so he, him. That's what he says. Anyway, so, uh, the car like does something. Like the alarm is set off or something. That's and later. They, and they have to like bail on the car. That's, is it after? That's later. Yeah. Okay, sorry. They go to because uh, there's no reason for it to go off. They go. They go to Crazy Horse. They go to the strip club, where Simon again is told explicitly do not say we want champagne because that means we'll go to the champagne room immediately does it that's actually that's actually the one thing i do like about this oh jesus christ no i do i think that that actually that kind of cracked me up that that what it's a logical extreme for this character it's a logical extreme for this character like Like, don't tell him that otherwise he's gonna do it he's just such a liability such a fucking liability. Yeah, on this, this entire guy. movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, he is. Yeah. But he's such a liability in this moment. That yeah. was kind of funny to me. Anyway, they go to the champagne room. They're told no touching. What does Simon do? Grabs her ass. And, because is, and who does the bouncer think did it? The black guy. It's just like, it's just, I, I get it. I, like, I get it. <laughs> and I get that this was 18 years ago. And I get that, like, you know, it, it may have still seemed kind of fresh to say, like, look how racist society is. But it just yeah. kind of felt like an eye roll at this point. Like, that's not a story point. That's not. No, it's not. So uh, then they get into an altercation. I don't remember exactly what happens after that. But the bouncer is unsuccessful at keeping them on the premises. Because he got shot. Right. Because Simon, Simon shot him. him. Right. Yeah. Sorry. My apologies. No, all right. So he shoots him. They take off in the Ferrari. Then the Ferrari's alarm goes off for no apparent reason, um, and they have to bail. Well, they had so Simon again, <laughs> the, being the liability he is, mm-hmm. throws the gun off. Throws right, the gun right, out of the car, right, 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 and right. Tate Diggs says that has your fingerprints, right. as if they don't have his face already. They have yeah. credit. They, yeah, they've got everything on this. So they have to go back and get the gun, right? And then the alarm goes off for no reason. They also miss a phone call. Which probably was from the owner, but um, of the car. Yeah. Anyway, they get back to the hotel. Yeah, they go back to the hotel. They get back to the hotel. They get back to Tiny and his little friend. And, or puking. Or, or puking, or they're, I don't know, whatever. Doing other stuff. Uh, and they all run out of the hotel. Simon, for whatever reason, is allowed to drive, considering which I, anyway, it seems a little weird because he doesn't seem like he, it doesn't matter. One of the better moments in the movie is Magic Carpet Ride while the car peels out of it the parking good. lot. It's a it's a great needle drop. It's yeah. a it's one of the better ones in the movie because most of them feel pretty jammed in. That one works really well. Um and uh they get in an elaborate car chase as the uh as the father of the bouncer and the bouncer i guess the father runs the crazy horse or whatever yeah and he gives him gives him shit for letting them get away he's like trying to get the bullet out of the kid's arm yeah he's not a kid he's He's like anyway they chase them there's an elaborate car chase which actually i have to say had some really nice shots in it that made me go like oh right doug lyman born born identity like he and he and Edge of Tomorrow, which is yeah. a fucking fantastic movie. And I was like, oh, yeah. He cut his teeth on some really good action sequences, I think, in this movie. Surprisingly, that car chase works. Well, I actually, uh, I think at this moment, I, I wrote down or I, I started thinking, Doug Lyman kind of saves a lot of this movie. Oh, yeah. He, what's, what I think visually stuck in my head mm-hmm. were those night shots of at least these, this driving, but also the driving in the beginning, 
um, which wasn't a chase, but they still looked great. Mm-hmm. And almost every shot on the move. Mm-hmm. Like when, when, when Doug Lyman, because I believe he also shot this. I believe he did too. When he's moving, yeah. it, 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 it's unlike really any other movie I've ever I seen. I think this movie also, and this, these are unsung heroes of movies in general, mm-hmm. but Stephen Morricone, Miracone, he was, he was the editor, editor yeah. uh, who won for Traffic mm-hmm. and is a tremendous editor. I think this movie is really, really well cut. It like is. It, it, it's, I imagine they shot a ton of footage. Um, I think it was shot on Super 16, if I'm not mistaken, or at least it was like, there was a mixture of that in 35, but like, it's really well cut together. Well, it's interesting. Doug Lyman um, obviously went on to do Born. I'm, I'm trying to. <laughs> he says with such disdain. Well, I don't like Born, but he he did uh, he did a movie I really do like shortly after, which is um, Mr. And Mrs. Smith. I really like that movie too. I think we might be the yeah. only two people that like that movie. It's though. a great. It's movie. It's a super fun movie. Uh, I mean, it's, it makes basically no sense, but it's a really fun movie. The the emotional. The emotional yeah. story of that movie tracks so well, but so. Well, so, I would also say too, like they're two bona fide, they're amazing movie stars in movie star, you know, roles, just looking yeah. hot and kicking each other's ass. I'll like, tell you, what I'll, else can you ask? I'll for? take great chemistry between the leads over, over almost a story. Anything. There's a movie that has that's such a stupid movie. The the uh, Adjustment Bureau. Yeah. The uh, the chemistry between Emily really? Blunt and Matt Damon in that movie okay, is so it. good. You're rooting for them so hard, even though the movie is so not that good. Okay. Um, he does go. He does Born Identity right after. He does Mr. and Mrs. Smith after that. Yeah. They have Looper. Jumper. Jumper. Uh, then he does some other shit, and then he comes back with like you know Edge of Tomorrow, which is like everyone fucking actually knows that movie's amazing. There's one shot in that action sequence when they're getting chased out of Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. Which is the car? Their car gets basically sandwiched in between two walls, right? Mm-hmm. And so they they have nowhere to go. So they get basically t-boned by the person that's uh, pursuing them. Yeah. And there's a great aerial shot of the car being pushed. At, it's it's just a great shot. Mm-hmm. He he. It's it's a it's a well orchestrated scene for what that's worth. Yeah. Anyway, they drive off. They drive into the into the sunset into the desert, uh, and they say we got to go back to back home. We cut to the guy who runs the crazy horse. He's on a payphone, and he's like. Uh, can you track? Can you track a credit card for me? Uh, first name Todd, last name Gaines, and we're like, "Ooh, he's coming for them." Cut to black. How much do you really want to go scene by scene? Yeah, we're not going with do the it, Adam and Zach. We're not going to do that. All right, I agree. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're I, not going to do it because I, I, the movie's a little bit convoluted. So I think it's best that we sort of well, like, coast through the rest of I it. I just want to talk about it. I want to. Yeah, go for it. Can you think of a, just? Can you think of another movie? Mm-hmm. That loses steam the way this movie loses steam. Not off the top of my head. It's even even when I loved this movie. Yeah, I felt like this movie lost so much steam. It's it's so. It's Sarah Polly is the best. Yeah, That's well, and and the and the begin the and the the first part has a great climax, mm-hmm. um, emotional stakes. That is a kind of an un, unexpected ending. This third part with Adam and Zach. The big grinds reveal, the movie to a halt. The big reveal is that they're a yep. gay couple. When sure. when being a gay couple was was a little more unexpected. It was especially for two characters who always played straight, who were straight people. I'm sorry, two actors who are straight people and have zero chemistry and do not not at all in any in no. any way seem gay. 
No, except Katie Holmes says gay men are so hot, which in, before it was revealed they were gay, which in the moment seemed like a funny joke. One of them is. What's that? Oh, yeah. Jay Moore is not particularly hot. I'm, I don't mean, I don't is know. Is that the one? You, I, I, well, you know, it's not like. Same. They're just. He's not like, you know, he looks, hideous. He looks but, good. Like, it's like they look good. They're just like. I guess. And, and they were. I, I like Jay Moore's casting a lot just because that wasn't. He's actually he was. really funny in it. He's funny. He's funny. It's a tough role. It's and he's tough. funny because he's given a lot of weird shit. He's basically. Yeah. He's basically. It, it, so this is what kills me about this part. Basically, what happens is. Adam and Zach are actually, you know, part of a sting operation to sure. get Rana. Yeah. Um, they are actors. And William Fickner is the cop who is trying to set them up to, to get, quote, unquote, the bigger fish. When that fails, and we know this fails, and they spend too much time showing us that this fails because we know this fails, William Fickner invites them to, the, to their house for what's, exce- what, what's, what's Let's, basically— I'm going to hit pause for one quick yeah. second. It fails because Jay Moore warns— Rana, which is well. the only new piece of new information that you get. Yes. He war- he tells her to. He tells her to go. go. He tells her to go. I would have said leave, but or run, <laughs> or but anyhow, I you know he says go. So he says go, which is yeah, you know, which is fine. Sure. So yeah, he, I mean, he says go. I, <laughs> so so it fails, it fails. and and yeah. I don't know. William Fickner's like you guys did the best you could. Like you guys are off. Come over to my place. Come over to my place. And have dinner ex- with me and my wife. So this is what. Is so weird about this section to me. It's an extended gay panic, yeah. riff or joke. But the two characters are gay, and you yeah. don't know they're gay at the time. And I'm not trying to insinuate that like they'd be into it. Just that your it doesn't make. It's sense. more illogical than it is anything else. I'm more annoyed by the illogic, the lack of logic, because I do think that Fickner and Krakowski are actually great in the sequence. They're, just, they're great. They're, they're bringing it. They're great and. You know, they try. They're so both hard. really funny, and they both try hard, and it only works insofar as the fact that they're funny. But anyway, I, I would we, re- we realize that they're selling Amway. I would have enjoyed that joke. I did enjoy that joke yeah. at the time. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I. <laughs> So this is this, 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 well. This is this is. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to just, just watching Kenny's I'm just, brain fart in front of us. Well, was, my brain didn't fart. What happened was, and you'll see why. I'm just trying to figure out how much of the story I can tell without um, giving too much away for, about my family. But my dad had a personal trainer. <laughs> What's happening? right This now? personal trainer. This is a his, serious segue. Right? When I was when I was 15, this personal okay. trainer, um, his wife moved to Seattle, and he was going to go a year later after okay. he made some money. So my dad was like, why don't you live with us? We really like this guy, right? Okay. It turned out when he moved in that he was one of the biggest Amway s- distributors and salesmen okay. on the East Coast. So, and obviously, I don't know how much you know about Amway. Nothing. It's basically what happens it's in It's a cult. Same. Right. So it's a big sales cult. Okay. Cool. So personally, and no one ever talked about it. I never saw it. It's what you just said, basically, what I know in this scene. No one, yeah. I'd never seen it mentioned anywhere else, anywhere in pop culture. Okay. And when it turned out they were selling Amway, or it, it's actually Confederated Products is a different value. But when they were selling Confederated Products, yeah. I lost it in the moment. Not watching it this time, because now it's just a silly. Sure, 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 sure. In the moment, it spoke to me. But here... It's so just, much that you bought a second ticket to see this movie. I'm like, time. I got to see that Amway joke again. <laughs> they <laughs> played so well. I got it, but um, <laughs> but it's a it's a 
it's an ABC half hour single cam comedy joke. That scene. Okay. Moving you know, on. Well, I mean, okay. I, I mean, we, we can keep talking about no, Amway. No, no. I just don't know if it, I mean, I don't know anything about Amway other than that it's a bunch of people that, that just it's sell like code. discounted I brand guess, stuff. I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is in the course of this movie, that's yeah. about raves and drugs and car chases and, and shooting have, people. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and essentially after a gay panic scene where you see William, F- William Fickner's ass and Grant, Jane Krakowski so lays much a kiss of his ass, on, by the way, for, for a long time, lays a kiss on Scott Wolf. Out of that nowhere. Was, that's actually the one joke that I think Scott Wolf really lands. When he says uh, when he says that when you're kissing on screen, there's no tongue, so it's like it's a stage kiss, and then she kisses him and he's like, There was tongue. There was tongue there. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he does a nice he job. Does, he does land that so joke. So after all this movie, it's basically like cool shit, cool shit, cool shit, cool shit, yeah. or attempts, attempts at that. To have that be the button yeah, on this scene. And this movie. And this movie was so weird. <laughs> Anyway, so they leave the house, they go to a bar, we now realize they're gay, and they start talking about how, I guess, one of the hairdressers on something they're working on... That's who they both cheated with. They both cheated with this person. They do the same thing in this this, this part that they did in the last part, which is they have a first part that doesn't inform the second part at all. Yep, yep, yep. Because all of a sudden, they're going to go get revenge on Get revenge on this guy that we... He didn't do shit. Didn't do shit. We don't understand why we're supposed to care. Anyway, they go to him. You were the guy's cheating. Like, yeah, he just he just cheated with you. What did he he do? Did he drug you? Like, I mean, why are you so mad at him? I think it. They were. It it seems like maybe that they thought that they were just the only one dating this guy or something. That it felt like he was two timing. I don't know. It doesn't matter. They go to his apartment. Melissa McCarthy is his roommate. Mm-hmm. She kills her one scene. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. You guys know, don't you? It's like, whew. It, yeah. it was really, it got really intense. She, she's, <laughs> she's like adorable in that scene. Yeah, she's like, there yeah. was this one time where you guys like missed each other by three minutes. It was so exciting. Oh, my God. She really, really is great. Um, anyway, they realize that he's going to this rave. They I, go I to the rave. I don't understand it. Anyway, they go to the rave. They decide to cut this guy's hair off, which is pretty aggressive. Anyway, they, they, they corner him, this guy that they both had sex with, and they chop his hair off. After talking about, like, yeah, after, like, comparing notes on his sex. Yeah, like, the, oral the thing sex is, stuff. Like, and, wasn't even that good. I, yeah. I don't know what's happening, but, like, I, I, I just can't get my head around, like, yeah. what did this guy really do wrong? You two are the fucking assholes cheating on your significant others. Yeah. Like, fight each other. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> cut so they, each other's hair off. <laughs> they go to the rave. They leave the rave. We realize they're the two people driving the yellow Miata that hits Rana. Well, who else would it be at this who point? Else, right? Of course. Yeah. Um, there is a great moment when they turn on the windshield wipers. When and it she, goes halfway. It goes ha- as she's yeah. falling on the... That was a funny visual gag. I laughed. There are also two weird gay jokes that I don't know if you caught. I don't think I did. Jay Moore throws the after this yeah. jay moore throws the keys away yes he throws the keys away lefty oh. and he throws it like a girl oh. there's no doubt in my mind that jay moore who hosted more sports and is a sports obsessive knows right. how to throw keys yeah. but gay jay moore Doesn't throws him like a girl additionally when they hit <laughs> ron cut, when they hit well it, but but I mean, it's just a dumb it's a dumb it's thing just a yeah. dumb yeah I little, agree. it's a dumb little thing I and agree. then uh when scott Wolf, yeah. when they hit Rana, Scott Wolf screams like, ah! yeah. like that's not how Scott Wolf screams. 
So it just seems like it's just. I did catch that, but I also thought it was kind of funny. He also, <laughs> well, he he also cries when they're pulling her out of the ditch. And Jim yeah, that's like, definitely a little bit worse. Although that scene is funny only insofar as how far it goes. Like he's like wave yeah. to Molly in costumes. Hi Molly. They're making those veggie burgers. Like it goes you on. Can, <laughs> can you smell them? He's I'm like sh- I'm not fucking delusional. Don't 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 you think that was improvised? Like, Absolutely. That was, it goes on for so long. It's 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 weird and it's weird and it's actually now my least favorite part. It is not your least not, favorite. Not my least favorite part. <laughs> okay. Anyway, they they pull Ron out of this ditch and then there's a moment where she coughs and she's still alive and Jay Moore considers Crushing her, her skull <laughs> <laughs> with a crowbar, or uh, actually, it's one of those. What are those things called? The red, the, uh, the club, the club. Yes, yeah. of course, sorry. Uh, so he, and then he decides <laughs> not to do that because you know they're in a parking lot. There's people around, and you might not want to murder someone in front of everybody. They're semi-famous actors. They seem. There's like a lot of red decent. flags about it. All they did was ecstasy. Look what happened. So then they just throw her on a car, and the alarm goes off. And I guess somebody finds her and takes her to the hospital. The hospital. Um, what happens after that? I mean, then it's just like, oh, it's cleanup. It's uh, Katie Holmes. Well, it turns into it, Get Shorty. It turns into Get Shorty. It turns so into get shorty. all of a sudden they decide to make <laughs> the end of the movie Get Shorty. That's amazing. The bouncer's it's father so is Dennis Farina. They yeah. can't get him, but he's Dennis Farina. The yeah. music becomes Get Shorty music. Does. Which it is so, so weird. Does. Like the music is like Get Shorty music. The scene is Get yeah. Shorty. It's Get Shorty humor. Yeah, well, it's, I think you mean it's Elmore. It's it's poor man's Elmore Leonard is where it goes, basically. That, that's Well, that's more or less what I mean. But, yeah, but, I, know. You know, I get it. Yeah, it, it is. So, so bouncer's dad who runs the club shows up uh, at Timothy Oliphant's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gives some directions to where Simon lives. Which I like. Which I like because I know all of those streets now, so it was kind of cool. You live on that street. I basically yeah. live where they, Simon they lives. They sent you to Simon's house. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, which now, was, now all of our listeners know where to find you. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not really. I, that would be super weird if people decided to watch this movie to figure out where I Anyway, it doesn't matter. That'd be amazing. You'd have a stalker. I don't want a stalker, Ken. Mm. So <laughs> I like I like you're like I like your your you're acting like it's a real thing. Like, so I all you stalkers don't don't even consider so, it. They give him directions. Katie Holmes get, gets pissed and she's like, "Why don't you just like drive them over there or whatever?" And she's upset that like her friend Simon, I guess, is going to die mm. or something. Yeah, who knows? And then of course, just because it needed to happen, Simon runs into the apartment and says, "I need to crash here, Todd." And then obviously the guys are there. We you I mean we missed we missed the diner scene the the second part the Katie Holmes and, and Todd well, Gaines we can yeah let's do that now Teddy Holmes yeah, yeah Katie Holmes and Todd Gaines get together they do because at the end of nights where they can't find each other Katie Holmes's crew she goes to this diner and Todd right. happens to be there Todd happens to be there he reading a, reading a newspaper yeah he shits on family circle for no reason he's got not only that he reads the comics and has opinions on the best and worst comics yeah. and he hates although he doesn't circle. say that what his favorite is everything just, but family circle he's like you read the oh, comic sorry. pages and yeah. like they kick ass and it's like right. life changing then you get yeah. the stupid family circle it's like you know what he's got a little bit of in this movie he's got a tinge of Vince Vaughn from Swingers in this movie. Yeah, there's a little bit of that sort of. His delivery is very droll, similar to anyway. It doesn't matter. No, I think you're. I think you're right. I think you're right. I'm picturing Vince, a young Vince Vaughn of the role, and I think he would have done great. Anyway, um, so they have. So they a do scene make that, out. They, yeah. Well, they have a scene together, which is actually not a terrible scene because they're great in it. They have chemistry. They have chemistry, mm-hmm. and you're buying it, even if some of the. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they make out on the stairs. Blah blah blah. Now we've got the the, the bouncer and his dad and. 
the bouncer's dad is demanding that he shoot Simon in the arm where he got shot because, you know. Eye for an eye. Eye for an eye, right? Biblical guy. Sure. Uh, Katie thinks it's crazy. She walks doesn't out. Walks out. As she's in the hall, we hear the gunshot. And then Simon says, I'm okay. Not a bad, not a bad little shot. Not a bad joke. It's fine. I'm okay. It's kind of funny. But like, it's again, kind of, it's kind of funny. It, it, but it's also, he's so gleeful. Like he wants to be sh- Simon doesn't feel like a human being. No. He feels like some weird cartoon character, some aggravating cartoon character that's run through this movie. It's such a weird way to end this movie because like, I, you know, you think back to Pulp Fiction, right? Pulp Fiction sure. ends with like sure. the greatest goddamn scene of all time. It's up there. Um, just really, just like this yeah, perfect scene that phenomenal. really that really is a, a, an encapsulation mm-hmm. of the whole movie. And you know, yeah. you have several important characters yeah. there making significant life choices. Sure. And they decide to end with the worst scene and get shorty. Um, well, no, they well they end with nothing. They, I mean, they end with them looking for the keys in the in the they in find the, the keys. Yeah, uh, and uh, it does end with a pretty terrible line. Go. What are we doing for New Year's? Yeah. That's just like that's probably, what I, probably how I would have written it, but you know, <laughs> um, it's in '99 or in 2017. <laughs> the fact that you have to it. think about I it, I absolutely would have had a. I, 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 the first draft would have had, "What are we doing with New Year's?" And I would have gotten two million dollars for that script. So, <laughs> we did miss one of my favorite lines in the movie, where Scott Wolf is trying to make room in the trunk for Rana, and he screams, "Stop! It's a Miata." That's made funny. me laugh. It's a funny line. It's not so, a great line, but it's funny. So, and that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. Then we we get no doubt again as we slowly zoom in on the on the. I forgot to mention as as Katie Holmes and Timothy Olyphant are kissing. There's a Natalie and Brulia song. Oh yeah, troubled by the way, troubled by the way we get together. Sure, I know every word to that song because I used to listen to the soundtrack. Okay. You're admitting well, all sorts of things. To I, I just told the, just the God's honest truth is like I loved this movie and. It's kind of like it's 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 it, it just kind of it's a shame, yeah. And it kind of breaks my heart a little bit to go back and like you know it actually didn't. This movie, it's you know, it's really your heart. Well, here's what I, it, it's it's interesting. Talking about this movie now mm-hmm. has made me like it more. Me too. As I was watching it last night, I think it's just like the Vegas stuff kills me. Like it just it 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 really really bothers me. And I love the Sarah Polly stuff so much. Now looking back on it, as we sort of deconstructed this, I was like, you know, this movie's actually not bad. You get, you get why I would turn around and go. It's a solid B plus movie, is what I would say. B B plus. It's so nice. I, (laughs) I think, and and most of that grade is is in is in the first forty minutes, because the first forty minutes are really solid, and those first forty minutes are good enough and the movie does smartly come back on itself and remind you remember that first 40 minutes that you really liked Mm -hmm. so it does leave you in a place where you're like oh yeah katie holmes and sarah paulie they're they're pretty great and they saved manny's life they've forgotten about manny but they saved me (laughs) manny's yeah manny is is Um, done pretty dirty in this movie (laughs) yeah i i'm just saying i i I was nervous about watching this because I was nervous about the way it aged. Sure. I th- obviously, I think it aged poorly in a lot of respects. Um, I think the beginning's great. Um, I don't think it would make my top 15 after but this. But didn't it? 
Didn't it make oh after this? But it was on your top fifteen that we did, right? Yeah, and I and I felt like I had to be true to myself, even though I was worried that it wouldn't be. Okay. I felt like I had to just like cruel intentions, right? Cruel intentions sitting yeah. there sitting there at number eleven. I'm a little sitting worried there at number about, eleven. I'm a little worried about how the and Notting Hill shouldn't be worried matter. about that. I don't think you should be worried about either of those. I well, think we'll both see. those movies are going to do what you want them to do. Um, I know Notting Hill will because I've seen it so many times recently. And I Cruel Intentions, I, Cruel Intentions is such a great ending that you're just never going to lose me when you put Bittersweet Sympathy over. Oh boy! Oh, you don't like that song? It's fine. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's, it's right, good so movie. It's a good, good song. And okay, so okay. Yeah, please. But is there anything else that you want to talk about in terms of Go or, or what it influenced to this day or what the lessons that we learned from it? Sure. Were? I'd like to talk about that a little so bit. Tell me yeah, what you think. I think that uh, I like Doug Lyman. I like his movies. Mm-hmm. I like all of his movies. But I think he's a I think he's a really solid filmmaker. He's a great action director. He's a great action director. And he's not just a great action director. I think he's... Edge of Tomorrow is a woefully underrated movie. One of the best movies of the year that it came out. Most, I, I, I do think most people who've seen it actually feel that way. It's a great movie. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's a great movie, too. I think it's a great movie because there is a intangible quality to Doug Liman's movies that have this sort of... Um, I, I, I wish I could think of what the right word is, but there's, there is a, an improvisational quality to them, even when it isn't necessarily improv, that there's an electricity to some of the stuff that he does um, that I love. I and, I think, and I think that exists in Edge of Tomorrow. I think it exists in Bourne. I think it exists in Mr. and Mrs. Smith Definitely. for sure. Yeah. Um, there is just something about the way that he is able to create sort of banter and, and moments and crackle that I really love. And that is in Go. It's not in the whole thing. Weird, weirdly less than those movies. And this is, and this is a talky yes. movie, which is kind of weird. I agree with so, that. You take those those movies you're talking about. All right, so Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I remember the great chemistry of the leads. Sure. Born, I remember the great chemistry of the leads. Um, yeah. No, I'm sorry, not Born. Um, Edge of Tomorrow, yeah, great, the great, great chemistry, chemistry of the leads. Yeah. With uh, someone who, by the way, doesn't have the best chemistry generally. Sometimes it's amazing, sometimes it's terrible. Um, More times than not. She's incredible. Like she's, yeah, she's incredible. She's she could fucking chemistry with a cardboard box, but... Yeah. Um, Should have been Black Widow. She does. So could have been Black Widow. Okay. Yeah. Well, she was cast. No, I mean, I I love Scarlet too. So Scarlet's good. Big fan of hers. But um, but and then uh, and then Swingers. Mm -hmm. There's like this weird chemistry in like a six minute scene between John Favreau and Heather Graham that 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 actually moves you on in this movie that like allows you to let go. In this movie, it's here a little bit with when you have great actors. It's here with with Katie Holmes and Timothy Olyphant, mm-hmm. and even and though they're Sarah not romantic, and, and Timothy Olyphant. Yes, even though they're not romantic, it's yeah. there too. There's yeah. an electricity in those scenes. So that's that. In terms of non-action sequences, mm-hmm. he does have this great ability yeah. to find something between his leads. I absolutely agree. I think he's. I think that I've heard that he's tough because he shoots a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think he finds a lot of stuff in the editing room. Mm-hmm. I, I know that his movies tend to go over budget sometimes. Um, but I think that he makes – he's one of the few big tentpole action guys who isn't sort of playing by the rules. Like he's doing projects that you wouldn't necessarily think of. Do you know? What? Like I look at Edge of Tomorrow and I think like, okay, yeah. that's not what I would expect Doug Lyman to do. 
Um, I didn't see uh, American Made, which came out this year. I didn't either, but it got but maybe, good reviews, and maybe I we should watch to. that. Yeah, I mean, at some point. Um, um, but I like I. I, I whoa! It's my fault. What are you doing? My wife just put new pictures of my baby. Are you, how are you going to hate on that? <laughs> it's very it's very hard for me to complain about that. Um, well, I feel like I feel like we I feel like we covered it all. I mean, is there more you want to say? Not really. I not really. Um, I, I like that. I like that we did go. I like that we did a movie like Go. Um, I, I, I'm glad we did it. I, I there, mean, there's kind of one more thing I wanted to say about it, sure. which I think is kind of weird. Okay. There was a 92 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which mm-hmm. is basically universal acclaim, right? <laughs> Um, yes, it is. It is. It's, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. I, we can undeniable. At, we can look at other movies from '99, but yep. basically, like that's about as good as you're going to get in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, what is weird to me about that, and I, you know, we've talked a little bit about why people felt that at the time. Yeah. Nobody seems seems to care about this movie anymore. Nobody seems to no ride for this movie. This no, no one talks about this movie. How did this movie get like kind of lost in time? I think that it part of it is Sarah Polly. That she kind of removed herself. She kind of disappeared as an actress. Yeah. And she's the poster is is her. Just her. I mean it's such a swingers it's such a swingers ripoff poster too. It's so weird. Isn't it the exact same thing? Both basically them use matchboxes. They're both throwing matchboxes. That's That's crazy. So weird. Um she's she is they are marketing this movie off of her because rightfully they realize she is the best part of this movie. And it's a star-making performance. Mm -hmm. Um, She disappears. So the movie kind of disappears with her a little bit. I think also uh, it's got a bunch of people in it whose careers didn't really take off. You know what I mean? The Scott Wolf, Jay Moores of the world where they're sort of like they just kind of never really had another act. Like literally everybody with the exception of like (laughs) Jane Krakowski. (laughs) <laughs> Jake Krakowski is probably the biggest person to come out of this movie. William Fickner. She's bigger than William Fickner. And Tay Diggs. Those are the only three people who I think went on to have lengthy, successful careers that 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 still had an upward trajectory after this movie. I agree with that. And I Katie mean, Holmes, Katie Holmes too, her own weird, yeah, yeah, is yeah. her own weird thing. And, you know, she's... So Kate, I think that's part of it. I think the fact that, like, no one's careers skyrocketed off of this movie doesn't help. I think also is we see that in American Pie too. We see that in American Pie too, where both of those movies. Yeah, we do. Neither of those movies had that kind of. I know that, what you're saying. That outsiders thing, right? Where like six right. people like wound up having, or a, a Dazed and Confused thing, or, or an American Graffiti, yeah. like a, a moment of like, oh my god, look at all the people that came out of this movie. Yeah. It didn't happen with American Pie, but it also kind of did. It's the weirdest thing. American Pie is a weird thing where, like, you look at that cast list and you're like, I know these people. You look at the cast list of Go and you're sort of like, I know, so I know these Timothy people. Timothy Olyphant went on to have a pretty big yes, career. Yes, sure. Too, yes. And sure. So you want your, yeah. I don't, anyway, it's sort of a false equivalency, but I think you understand what I'm getting at. Uh, so we're going to do something new on our third podcast. We are. <laughs> Kenny came up with a great idea. I came up with a great idea. We're going to rate these movies. <laughs> Uh, the scale we're using is appropriately enough, zero through ninety-nine. Mm-hmm. Um, a zero is th- the, the worst movie art. ever made. Uh, yeah. Ninety-nine is the best movie ever made. Anything in between is every other movie ever made. Um, 
just to give you a sense of kind of where yep. we come down, uh-huh. for Eyes Wide Shut, yeah. I well, went ahead, I gave it a 92. Damn. That, okay. I felt strongly it was a great movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not sure I can disagree with that. I mean, so we got two 92s for Eyes yeah, Wide Shut. I feel Sh- like we got two 92s. Is that really what you would say? I mean, honestly, I, I loved it when it came out. I mean, I might I might give it a little bit higher. if I'm, yeah. I might go up to 95, quite frankly. Um, but, yeah, fuck it. I'm going 95 for Eyes Wide Shut. 95. Gives a very little wiggle room for me moving forward, but that's fine. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, um, Wild Wild West... <laughs> I didn't even give it a zero, so I, I can't think of any movie I've ever seen that uh, has got has earned a zero except The Net with Sandra Bullock. Um, what year was that? Oh, it's like it's ninety six. It's the worst fucking movie ever made. Um, wow, that's your that's your okay. I don't know why I, 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 I do. Really I think hate it's like Net. I, don't, I don't think I feel that passionately about it. The whole, I give it like a thirty. Probably. The whole movie hinges on this idea that nobody in the world except for her therapist knows who she is. Okay, I love how much you hate this movie. But moving on, what did you give Well Well West? I gave it a twenty. You gave it a twenty. I gave it a twenty. I, I twenty two out of ten. That's a you know that's a that's a D plus. It's like a bad yeah. bad movie. It's not. A, it's not. A good I've movie. seen worse movies. I think that I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a three at it. I'm gonna give it a thirty. Oh, okay. I'm gonna. I thought you were gonna go three out <laughs> no, of ninety nine. No, no, not three out of ninety nine. I'm gonna go thirty out of ninety nine, and I'm gonna say that because. Uh, I love that fucking mechanical spider, man. It's just it's 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 dope. Uh, it's really well executed. Even today, I was like, "This is impressive." Mm-hmm. Uh, and and some of the effects are really cool. So okay. I'm, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it thirty. But anyway, that's very nice. It's, it's and again, that's not. I a still gr- don't think it's a good movie. It's not a great rating. Three no, out no, of no, 10, no, no, it's not. If a great I got a three out of ten on one of my movies, I'd be uh, really excited that I made a movie. Yeah, sure. Um, and then, so what do you? What, so now we're at Go. Yeah. What do you? What would you say about Go? Um, I think I would put Go. I'd give Go. I'm gonna give Go a a seventy three. You went higher than me. Higher than I expected. I'm gonna go seventy three. My love of Sarah Pauly really gets it up there because I think those first thirty thirty five minutes are great. Uh, and it, it t- it's got some bumps in the road after that, but it comes back around. I'm going I'm to give it. I'm going to give it a seventy. I said seventy three, so seventy three. It's good rating. So I um, which by the way, sorry to interrupt you, is probably around where it was when I saw it in ninety nine. Like it's pretty much where how I felt about it then is how I feel about it now. In ninety nine, I would have given it a ninety nine. <laughs> in in. Uh, <laughs> before I walked into before I walked oh into this God. room today, I think I would have given it. A twelve. <laughs> um, oh come on! No, I, our I, conversation I think boosted go. I it, think you. I think we. I, I think you. This conversation has. That's my point. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I ended it at fifty nine. That's what I thought it was, and I think that's. That's a lot harsher than I, I thought. That's. Wow. I think that a movie that you left and then went back and got another ticket to see it again. Not seventeen anymore, Phil. Tell me about it. It's ain't ninety nine anymore. <laughs> Uh, but uh, uh, all right, that's so, that. <clears throat> I I and, and honestly, I thought fifty nine was that's okay. More on the generous side, a little nostalgia I was being, coming I was, in. Maybe, maybe I'm being unreasonable. Maybe my love for Sarah Pauly has just made me unreasonable you, as possible. You, 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 you hit what you hit. You know, you feel you feel. So next week we're gonna do number six on my favorite films of nineteen ninety nine. Didn't make my list. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it sort of felt. 
Okay. Uh, no, I mean, I didn't mean it with with a judgment. It's just I think you're gonna like this movie more on this rewatch. I can't wait. I truly, I can't wait. It's I it's, a, it's, it's like one of my favorite movies of ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. I I love it. Um, it's my favorite Anthony Minghella film, mm-hmm. for what that's worth. Tom to Mr. Ripley mm-hmm. next week. My favorite Patricia Highsmith movie. <laughs> Can you name another one? The sli- no, I don't. Is, no, I think there's one anything. other. Right? It was a joke, but I, I don't think there's uh, one other. Matt Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, Kate Blanchett, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Jude Law. Jude Law. Yeah. Uh, it's just a stacked movie. It's also a movie. We'll obviously get into this uh, next week, but it's a movie that had obviously enormous expectations on it. You got Matt Damon coming out of Goodwill Hunting. You've got Gwyneth Paltrow coming out of Shakespeare in Love. Kate Blanchett coming off of Elizabeth. Uh, Anthony Miguel's follow up to The English Patient. Like it, it was a, a a star-studded, you know, big big movie. Um, and uh, and we are going to dive into it next week. I can't wait for this. Um, I was wrong. She did make the, the the first movie made off of Patricia Highsmith's novel was Strangers of Strangers on a Train. That's yeah, a great movie. Pretty good movie. Um, can't wait. It's going to be a good one. Honestly, I think, I think you're going to like it on the rewatch. I hardly remember it. Um, I'm very mu- truly, truly, I like hardly remember it. Love those three actors at in this period of time. I mean, Four. more than just yeah. five. Who is it? Oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. So I love like everyone loves Philip Seymour Hoffman, the Cape Blanchett. I like Gwyneth Paltrow, especially at this time period, way more than most people did. I love early Matt Damon, and I mm-hmm. love early Jude Law. So I'm very excited. I think you're. Gonna I should like have come one. back to this movie several times in the last 18 years. Never did for whatever reason. Can't wait to talk about it next Good week. Great. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. At Nybart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, at PM Iscove. Rate, review, yeah. subscribe. So do all those things. Do those things. Talk Thank to you thanks. next week. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.